Welcome to Carb Face. Lori, hi. 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 I'm working on some new highs. I have oh, some extra okay. time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, top, top three highs. Let's go. Number one. Hi. That's one. That's kind of my, um, I don't know, uh, English hunting horn high. Mm. Um, mm. Number two. And then here's ugh, high. And that's like, oh. I fucking hate you. Um, uh, or, that's, you know, room that's, tone. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it sounded so familiar. Got it. Yeah. And, um, three, uh, number three is going to be hi. And that's the hi that I have been giving to random neighbors that I run into when I'm out doing errands, people that I might normally cross the street to avoid, but I am so thirsty for human connection that I'm like, hey, super annoying lady who's really competitive about what school your kid goes to. Let's talk six feet away for like 30 minutes. Hi. <laughs> Are you making now you um, famously hate hugs mm-hmm. yeah if if you could right now would you hug her no i mean okay. that is okay. a bridge too far also okay. like yeah no no i'm not yeah i've i've softened in general on my hug stance but like there are some people for whom i will never it will just never happen who would you <laughs> How are hug you? right well, I'm fine, but I want to know who you would hug. Who oh. would you hug that maybe you wouldn't have hugged before the pandemic? Oh, God. Um, I do not have a good answer to that. Uh, I would like to hug my boyfriend, whom I haven't seen in like six weeks. Oh. Uh, I would like to hug a dog, any friendly dog I would hug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I would like to hug my cat. She is never going to allow that she is not uh she you know we are much the same in that she is confused and upset and embarrassed by too much uh affection Mm -hmm. well we buy ourselves as pets don't we yeah yes yeah that's why i have see what i have the uh stupid one and the stupid sweet one and the aggressively mean one so uh that that's that's me <laughs> very, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. stupid and aggressively mean uh you asked how id. i was what mm-hmm. what i was you gonna say? say id id ego and super ego yes it's all there it's all there mm-hmm. uh i am okay i'm physically exhausted and covered in mud right Ew. now <laughs> yeah you've been gardening you've been yeah, wrestling was, uh yeah um I, now I have broken I've broken the social distancing rule and I have uh, started mud wrestling all my neighbors. Uh-huh. So we've got a big tournament, but we've agreed to self-isolate together and not to go mm. out and have out uh, outside contact for 2 weeks. So it's fine. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a neighborhood wrestling mm-hmm. co-op. Yeah, cool. it's it is. It is. Uh, I haven't won a lot, but I did beat uh, several children, so I feel good about that. Good. <laughs> Isn't that something you could probably just say any day of the week? I did beat several children. 
JK, LOL. <laughs> uh, Lori, Do you have like you group eat? showers? Um, no. Oh, no, no, no. It's not a sex thing. It's not a sex thing. I'm... We're just so starved of physical contact. It's turned aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you you wanted to ask me what I eat, what I've been eating on quarantine. Yeah, but we have a get we have a guest. Should we get our guest involved? Okay, let's ask him. What it's probably more interesting to hear what he's been eating and or probably cooking. for okay. sure. Joining us this week from his own home, he is not mud wrestling. But Joseph, if you want to enter into the self quarantine, would like to come over to New Jersey and mud wrestle with me and my neighbors. That's fine. Uh, we have Joseph Hernandez. He is the research director at Bon Appetit. He's a food editor. He's a writer. He's a hedgehog owner. So many amazing things. Joseph, welcome to Carb Face. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Joseph, what are you? Oh, and we say it in a really annoying voice, um, both to mock it, but to also ask it. What are you eating? What are you eating right now in quarantine? <laughs> What's happening? What are you eating? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how my mom sounds when she calls me and asks me if I'm eating. <laughs> uh, well, today just happens to be uh, my one-year wedding anniversary. <laughs> so Happy anniversary! Thanks! Happy anniversary! So, we, yeah, we popped open some champagne that we've been sitting on, which, like, end of the world may as well, right? Um, and then, yeah. mm-hmm. and then we, um, made pancakes. We made cornmeal pancakes. Nice. Yeah. That's very exciting. Yeah, and was it, was it a, was it a late morning? Is that all you've had? Or did you just have a lot of pancakes? Um, it was kind of a late morning and we've been, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've been buying too many apples. Everybody's been buying too many bananas, but we're kind of the, on, on the other end of the fruit spectrum. So um, a lot of apples that were getting mushy, so last night we stewed a lot of them down into applesauce. Um, and then so nice. uh, we just wanted to figure out something to top with applesauce, and it was pancakes. Yeah. That's a good choice. Well done. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, we're pretty good at improving. <laughs> um, and yeah, we need to go to the grocery store, but we haven't gone in like two weeks, so uh, cornmeal was all that was left. Hmm. Well, you you know, you find a way, that's for sure. There's someone in Brooklyn who couldn't find flour. I ended up sending her a bag of flour in the mail because that's a normal thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm. but she was she was making everything out of pancake mix. She could find pancake mix. And so uh, oh, she was making lots of things with pancake mix instead of just straight flour. And, I, and she was making it work. So just like you, you know, you whatever you can find, you make it work, which is great. That you but can wait, improvise. You're, you're... Joseph... You're now Go admitting ahead. to you're now admitting to sending white powder through the mail. I did, I did, <laughs> but I showed it. I showed it to the uh, post office worker. She, she's like, "What is this?" I said, oh, "It's flour." <laughs> she, like I had to open it up and show her. She goes, "What's in the baggie?" I said, "Yeast." She couldn't find any yeast either. <laughs> she just oh, no. looked at me. She's like. She's like, I hope you, I hope she knows what a good friend you are, self-brag. And I was like, no, no, I don't know her at all. Uh, I just know her from social media. But she seemed desperate. So send her some flour. Uh, That's a solid. And yeah, so if you get in that situation, if you need flour, we've got plenty of flour here in New Jersey now. You go. I was going to say, what's, what is your, um, 
typical grocery situation in the normal times and and what are you having to do in the uh in the now times of quarantine um that's a good question um in the normal times it's a lot of like going to the market um like the farmer's market since we live in brooklyn and we kind of have a lot of access to that so you know farmer (laughs) farmer's market privilege i guess um Mm -hmm. and a lot of fresh things a lot of greens um it's been harder to get greens these days. Uh, just my, my, our grocery store is um, very Caribbean, so there's a lot more like root vegetables than fresh greens. Um, so uh-huh. a lot of root vegetables, um, a lot of cabbage, which actually makes me really happy because um, I can do a lot with cabbage, and I am just always pleased with myself. And I'm like, oh, I made this boring thing really fun. Um, Mm. And then a lot more canned goods these days. Um, I'm not a big mm. bean person. My husband loves beans, um, but I'm not. Um, so, you know, we're still... I'm leaning into the bean life, but it's not my favorite thing. So, um, yeah, just mm. a lot... I, I'm learning how to bake. I'm not a very good baker. So that's, you know, we have a little bit of flour, but um, could probably use more. I'm not getting into sourdough. Um, yeah, mm. just a lot more a lot more root eating roots and like turning them all into some form of hash, you know? Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, well, tomorrow is 420. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Terrible. That's a <laughs> thematic. I'm a dad. I'm a dad joke. I'm a dad joke personified. You know what um, I miss though? I do miss uh, fried things. I miss like, I really miss French fries. Mm, um, mm. And, and I, I can't, we have so many potatoes, but I can't get myself to a deep frying state of mind. Like I'm just, cause then yeah. I'm going to have to like sit in the, the smell of oil for a few days and I just can't get there yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge, I find it's a huge mess and kind of a commitment to make fries at home. Like it's, and then they're never really as good as what somebody's doing in a restaurant kitchen. Right. Right. So yeah, we, yeah, frying things is not is not on on our plate for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, can I can I talk about French fries because I was I was in deep need of French fries last week, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. on on my shopping trip I do a, a weekly shopping trip. Um, I they all the French fries were gone except for they had uh, bags of onion rings and French fries from Red Robin. So Red Robin restaurant, which are famously seasoned, I think it's like like Lowry season salt on the French fries. So I just baked those. It was great. It, it satisfied every single need. I was very thankful for Red Robin licensing their French fries at at that moment. Lori, go ahead and roast me. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've lost my. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Oven fries. I guess if you need, if you really need fries, I, I guess they do come through in a pinch. Um, and I, you know, I'm not above an oven fry. I just uh, of all the things, all, of all the sort of carby things that really like um, attach to my soul. Uh, I don't know, potatoes. Potatoy things are not like I would much rather fill that space with. Um, Bread, white bread, which mm-hmm. I've really just been leaning leaning hard into after uh, uh, trying to keep it out of my life for a long time. I just I have a I have a trashy bag of sliced white store brand sandwich bread, and I am toasting it and putting shit on it with zero shame and a lot of uh, a lot of gratitude. <laughs> anyway, 
so interesting. I think I think that's a um, that, that's a theme of our kitchen is um, just kind of zero shame at this point. Like, yeah, just, mm-hmm. just make that tuna salad. Just make that potato yep. salad. Just just use that mayo mm-hmm. the way yes. God intended. Yes. 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 We have become a va- very big pro mayo family as well. So mm-hmm. I just got a rotisserie mm-hmm. chicken um, and yesterday morning's run where I waited for 45 minutes to get into the store and mm-hmm. saw a rotisserie chicken, grabbed it, grabbed a thing of mayo. And I, I feel like I always have celery somewhere in my mm-hmm. fridge. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Um, don't know how long it's been there, but it seems fine. So I, th- I think I can do a lot of good things with, with that mayo on that rotisserie chicken. Like uh, rotic- rotisserie chicken races down the hall with like a, um, a water can, slide of mayo, maybe? I can, I can do that. I can, um, I can um, try to do some self-pleasure with the chicken, right? And you just, mm-hmm. if you start mm-hmm. with its legs and mm. exhale, and that's the key, exhale and push... <laughs> You can do a lot of pretty amazing things. Oh, and and what's God. interesting is you don't put the mayo on the outside of the chicken. You put it on the inside. Mm. And that's what's that's the real innovation. If you're yeah, up in the giblets. Up in the giblets. That's exactly right. Uh, so you can get it up in your niblets. And that's what's <laughs> fun with the rotisserie chicken. And I now this is fun. I got a lemon pepper. Um chicken and so that's going to be that's going to be uh, a different Zesty? thing than just a straight up roaster tingly yeah. mm-hmm. that's what I'm hoping and fresh right you got that <laughs> well, fresh scent too I mean yeah. in this age of self care I also think that you can combine the schmaltz with mayo and make a pretty good uh, facial mask if you wanted to uh, I love that uh, at yes. the end of it yes. you know I'm just so moisturizing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it <laughs> certainly is it's nothing but moisturizing. <laughs> Joseph, you have a hedgehog. We have to talk about the hedgehog. What's its name, and how did you get so lucky to have a hedgehog? So his name is Hedgewig the Angry Inch. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I adopted him uh, from a friend who had previously had him for a couple of months, and then she also got a puppy at the same time. Um, and oh, the yeah. puppy and the hedgehog just wouldn't get along um and so Mm. she she knew that i had always wanted one and so she had asked me if like i could if i wanted to adopt her otherwise she would have returned it to um the breeder that she had uh received it from but it was three hours away from chicago and she didn't want to drive that out three hours and back um yeah so uh we inherited the hedgehog and we love him so much but he hates us (laughs) um he He's he's this ridiculous little monster. Um, before we got him, uh, we were doing a lot of reading up on how to care for hedgehogs, as you should if you're going to be responsible. Um, and there's this, I forget his name, and I, I feel really bad because I, I talk about his book all the time. Um, but there's this um, British journalist who spent, his, he's a science journalist, but he's spent his entire career basically being, um, using hedgehogs to... Um, as data points for uh, British expansion into the countryside uh, because hedgehogs are dumb and Mm. they just will sit on a road all day and uh, you can tell how quickly a um, like a little country town is expanding based on how many dead hedgehogs are on the road. Um, 
but he's amazing. you know he he spent like 20 years of his career kind of tracking hedgehog deaths and just tracking hedgehogs and then wrote this book about hedgehog behavior um which i used to determine um it's kind of like a um what are the like an Enneagram test for hedgehogs. <laughs> um, and they have like eight personalities, <laughs> this like spectrum of personalities uh, from very gregarious to just kind of goth Satan. And um, Hedgewig is goth Satan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, I he's. would never have guessed. I would never have guessed they, they have the, that ability to be, you know, intensely evil uh, in a good way. Or yeah. in a bad way, I'm not sure which. I just didn't know that was a personality type. So how does that manifest? Um, so he has like a pretty nice setup in our... I mean, I'm glad that he has a nice setup and that he can't really escape. Um, otherwise, he would bring the evil onto the world. <laughs> but um, he's he's he hears us in the room when we're like just kind of doing our thing it's it's kind of our second it's our guest room and our office and he'll hear us walking around and he'll just we'll hear him in his little cage setup uh hissing at us um he's just so (laughs) mad when we're in there um and when we try to like feed him and clean him and um and just give him water uh he is immediately into his ball it coils up into his ball of spikes um what's interesting is in this in this uh journalist book about hedgehog personalities i learned that um the same muscles that we humans use to frown um are exist up and down a hedgehog's body so when it curls up it's actually frowning it's using the same muscle setup that we have as humans um so you know closer we're closer to animals than we think or like to think um he just happens to be spiky that's amazing. That is so. I, I I love that. He's he's frowning with his entire body. With his entire body, isn't that all of us right now? Like, just curled <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, he's he, he yeah. I I love him. He's he's such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, sounds great. Sounds really life affirming. Well, there's so. It's funny because uh, people like to send me, knowing that I have a hedgehog, they like to send me all like the memes. Um, and uh, something that's been giving me joy the last few days has been um, this gentleman on the internet. Um, I think his name is like Mike Cardazzo or something. And he's been running his hedgehog, um, Pepper, through this like uh, ninja quarantine, like what is it, American Ninja Warrior? Uh, yeah. maze yeah. for his hedgehog um, through their living room and I am just so impressed by this hedgehog who is running up and down noodles and the couch and um, kind of running this gauntlet of trials because hedgehogs are blind and also lack depth perception so that she can navigate a coffee table uh, is just deeply impressive to me and then also that she doesn't like poop and pee as she's doing this is <laughs> just so impressive and he's now like in four or five days of this of this like ninja warrior trial of his hedgehog pepper and i'm just rooting for her <laughs> um, and so deeply disappointed in my in my position as a hedgehog dad that my little spiky son can't can't let me love him is it possible that pepper is maybe a rat with just like a crazy hairdo Whoa. Is that a spoiler? 
like that guy in uh, a few years ago in in South America who was selling ferrets that looked like, but like giving them blowouts so they looked like poodles. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys that's remember that? Have you, have you seen that? <laughs> no, but that's amazing. I mean, yeah. how mad would you be when you're like? This poodle sucks. <laughs> this poodle <laughs> is sleeping in my in my dresser. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> it rains once, and you're like, "Ew, it's a snake with fur." I, hate I know. It. Well, that's the thing. I was like, ferrets are very long. Like poodles, what? Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> oh man, pet pet deceptions that's got to be somebody's got to be making that show oh, right i mean every oh, that's everything good. Yeah. in the world exists as a as a reality show there's got to be like pet pet deceivers or something and if that's not already like a reddit subreddit i i would be surprised mm-hmm. yeah. yeah let's start it oh my gosh Joseph, um, go ahead go ahead Lori. no 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 you go because i love the way that you said joseph and I could tell you have something really great to follow it up. So oh, please don't I let mean, me interrupt you. Probably groundbreaking. Joseph, when did you say yes to food? Wait, oh, can, you repeat, can you repeat that? You're a monster. <laughs> yes, it's the most obnoxious question I ask on here, other than what you smell like, which I will ask you later. Um, but the question is, Joseph, when did you say yes to food? Mm, um... I don't know that I've ever explicitly said yes yet. Wow. (laughs) Even though though I've been doing it. (laughs) I've been been in the industry and in and around food um, my whole life. Um, And it's just something that uh, definitely um, happened positively for me. Um, I actually said yes to wine first. And then then food Uh was... Food kind of happened um, because... I don't know. I think part of me resisted it for so long, um, but it is it is a thing that I care deeply about. Um, I just don't know that saying yes was necessary. Does that make sense? Got it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, you started out, I, I think I f- first started following you and I think you were writing about wine. Does that sound right? Yeah. At, um, I was at Wine Enthusiast for uh, a number okay. of years. Got it. Got it. And then at some point you moved to Chicago and you were at with Chicago Tribune. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, uh, Chicago is my hometown. Um, well, adopted hometown. My dad's side of the family um, is based there. So for me, uh, when I went to college, I kind of disavowed Orange County, California, because that place sucks. Um, sure. So uh, <laughs> when you're, you know, when you're a gay brown kid in Orange County, California, you just kind of got to leave. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so Chicago's my adopted hometown. And it's funny because I had applied to the Chicago Tribune as an intern four times um, during college and never got accepted. Uh, and so for me to get the job at the Tribune uh, post grad uh, was very satisfying. And I, I had to move back for, uh, to fulfill that dream. That's fantastic. And so what are the types of things that you got to write about that you were that you were happy you got to cover? Yeah, uh, one of my favorite stories was about um, 
uh, Genevieve's Bakery in Lakeview uh, in Chicago, which is where Wrigley Field is, um, sure. r- literally down the block from, from Wrigley Field. Um, the owner, um, Jenny V, she is uh, a trans-Filipina uh, woman who kind of bootstrapped this uh, cute um, bakery uh, that it specializes in Filipino chiffon cakes. Um, and I'm Filipino, and and just that, and obviously I said that I was gay and I'm married, um, to see this woman kind of build this business um, from the ground up uh, in the shadow of Wrigley Field, uh, just kind of yeah. the straightest part of <laughs> of Chicago, um, mm-hmm. just really impressed me. And and just her cakes are just so beautiful and lovely. Um, they're really fun, and they they're kind of campy in the way that uh, they are. You know, seven layers, and you can buy a slice. And um, but they're you know not these um, dainty southern chiffon cakes. They're um, tropical flavors, uh, ube and mango and things like that. And um, Jenny is just such, just such a powerhouse and such a personality, and and that was one of my favorite stories to write because it it represented these you know kind of different sides of my identity that I really connected with and that I wanted people to understand um, in in Chicago that doesn't really see a lot of Asian style bakeries. Um, so I loved, I really loved that story. That sounds great. I also want that cake right now it sounds wonderful mm-hmm. um what what else what other story stands out that you were so happy you got to write um well i was an editor so i a lot of the things that i ended up doing um towards um you know halfway through my tenure at the tribune was um working with our writers to kind of expand our coverage um mostly because a lot of the things that we were doing were uh very uh centered on the expected um so just kind of you know best barbecue and best things like uh, you know best barbecue best hamburgers whatever and so um a big part of what i wanted to establish was that chicago is the city of 72 different neighborhoods that have each of their own identities and and really uh implore and push our reporters to cover those neighborhoods so we did um a lot of um, covering the South Side and the West Side, which are traditionally black neighborhoods, and covering um, uh, African American foodways in those neighborhoods, and how um, the kind of uh, the Great Migration from the Mississippi Delta into Chicago um, affected things like barbecue in Chicago, and um, also Chinatown in Chicago is so different from the Chinatowns across the country, um, and and has really deep ties to um you know the depression and and the 20s and and just shaping how chinese food was accepted in the united states and so we you know helping my reporters have the the editorial support to cover chinatown for a full month and and really eat at every single one of those restaurants and um and covering them and and you know eventually ranking them which i don't love doing but that's what readers want so um doing that kind of work um was was really important to me and and something that I really cherish because my my own editor at the time uh he was very gung ho about about pushing that kind of coverage as well so uh felt really supported and um it was very different for what Chicago was seeing at the time I I lived there uh I think I moved to the New York area in uh 2002 so well before you were there but lived there for a number of years and I 
we subscribe to the Tribune, and I don't think you would. I I, I certainly can't remember a profile, a true profile of of the different cuisines and the restaurant owners and workers on the south side in Chinatown in particular. I just don't ever remember that being covered. So maybe it was, but it doesn't sound like it was to that, you know, to the depth that you were able to assign readers or writers to, to uh, develop stories. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a huge part of Chicago's history and that, that really gets uh, ignored um, on, on the national stage. And that always bums me out. Um, so, you know, to have been there on the local level at a time when, um, when people were banging their pots and, and giving them that, that platform really um, pleased me to, to even just be of that kind of service. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love journalism because it is a, it is a service and not, um, I don't know. It, it makes me sad that uh, the Tribune is going kind of through the same trials, um, but at a higher, higher level that so many local papers have have experienced in the last few years in terms of being gutted by um, venture capital. Uh, so uh, it breaks my heart, but I think I left at the right time. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, to kind of see the work that my, my former colleagues are doing um, still uh, really thrills my heart. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's tough because, you know, unless somebody is in that newsroom championing um, POC causes and um, things like that, like, you see how coverage plays out um, without those voices. Did you get to work Can with I, uh, Nick? Kind- I, I'm sorry. One one last question, Laurie. Um, did you get to work with Nick Kindlesberger? Am I saying his name right? Yeah, we got hired at the same time. So uh, Nick had a, and may still have, I know it's still up, uh, a food blog, which got me into food blogging. He is absolutely responsible for it. He and whoever he was writing with, um, uh, called the, I think it was called the popper, the popper chef. Uh, and he, what they were doing on their food blog got me excited about food writing and blogging and, you know, sharing recipes that really work for me. So tell me what Nick is, is like. Nick is awesome. Uh, Nick, Nick is a dogged reporter. Um, he, he's different in terms of like from me in that, um, I will kind of consider um, the Venn diagram of like culture and now and and like food and its place. Um, and then, but that's what an editor should be like. And then him as a reporter, um, he is very um, keen on getting all of the facts. So if he's going to do a, um, and he's done this now, um, updated this every year. Um, an exhaustive guide to tacos in um, the area in the, in Chicagoland, he is going to eat every single one and then kind of create, you know, he, in in that Jonathan gold model of like, I'm going to evaluate everything on quality and then bring everything that I have reported and, and that I've, I've researched um, to the newsroom. And then we talk about like what it looks like and, and how that gets produced. Um, and so he's, he's very respectful of, of, you know, context and where's, where culture, um, the history of it. Um, and then, you know, working, he's so good with working with editors and like getting, getting that kind of message across, um, in a way that's very respectful. And he'll always, 
um, ask people like, is this, do I need to do more reporting on this? Do I need, who do I need to talk to about this? So he's, he's great. He's such a great colleague. Yeah. All right. Uh, one serious question and then one uh, less serious question. The first one is, how did you get, uh, how did you become a food writer, food journalist? Did you study journalism in college, uh, et cetera, et cetera? What was your career path? Yeah. Uh, I w- studied magazine journalism in college. Uh, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. the um, the managing editor of the school magazine and had, uh, <laughs> in college, 11 internships, all unpaid. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't recommend that. And it was mm-hmm. also it was also at the time of um, the uh, first recession. Uh, in So I graduated in 2009. Um, and after 11 unpaid internships, uh, still couldn't get a job. Um, oh. So um, it's funny because uh, this is... <laughs> This is going to date me and also paint me as a major fucking cliche. Um, But um, I had always wanted to do journalism. And then, you know, I was in the school, high school newspaper and things like that. And just thinking that like, oh, you know, I want to do journalism. Is this a real, is this a real thing? And then I graduated high school and that year um, Devil Wears Prada came out and Ugly Betty came out. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, this is journalism. I'm fucking doing it. And uh, actually, my first internships were in fashion. So I was, you know, a little, a little, a little fashion gay for a bit um, and realized that I hated it. Um, I worked for a couple Mm. of um, event production companies and did um, fashion shows and and ran um, uh, illicit drugs to people. Um, and sure, sure, sure. Of course. As as an course. as an intern, you know, like, oh, you need this? Okay, I'll go get it. Um, and uh, realized that I didn't really want to do that. Um, I didn't look good in a faux hawk. Um, so <laughs> got got really got really into um, the editorial side of things instead of the production side. Um, and uh, you know, post college. Uh, tried to you know get a newsroom job in chicago um but couldn't so i actually ended up taking a postgrad internship with a travel writing company uh and to supplement my income there because it was uh part-time um i actually started working for a wine shop in chicago and that's actually that's how i got into wine they wanted me to start writing their blog and newsletters and so I started writing about wine when I knew nothing about it, but kind of learning as I went. And um, from there, it was just kind of, I moved to New York the following year when my travel writing position became a full-time one. Um, and then two weeks into moving into New York, my boss at that company uh, told me and the only other employee that she had sold the company for a few million dollars and that we weren't going to stay on as employees. So oh, yeah, moved to New York summer of 2011. Um, and then two weeks into it, found out that the job that I moved there for was gone. Um, so oh, I took God. another wine shop oh. job. Well, there's a, a whole other kind of harrowing New York newbie 
you know story there that i we can get into if you want to but um there was a lot of uh shitty jobs uh when i first moved here uh that um eventually landed me um in another wine shop uh which i ended up managing after a month being there (laughs) um uh started managing that shop and then a couple of years later getting my first real like editorial job at wine enthusiast nice Wow. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of some fits and starts, a lot of internships. I mean, that's 11 is excessive. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, did you, I had 11 in, in what college was your and then goal? and then three in, uh, as post-grad internships when I moved to New York. Okay. Wow. So wow. 14 um, total. Uh, so it's a winding path. So my other question is, uh, where do you fall on the spectrum of, uh, of relish on a hot dog, which to me is like an abomination above all other, but I know a lot of people really, it's a Chicago thing, right? So do you put relish on your hot dog? It depends my mood. (laughs) Um, I really Mm. love hot dogs and I love regional hot dogs. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think, I think, I don't know. uh, I have a problem when uh, Twitter gets into like these food fights um, that are just essentialist food fights. And I just really hate it because it's like, you don't know my life. You don't know my, where where (laughs) I'm coming from. I, I kind of want to eat things that I want to eat. Um, And it depends because I really love, I really love the Chicago hot dog. I love it so much. Uh, It makes me really happy. Um, But I also sometimes just want ketchup on a hot dog. And that's really, people think that I like murdered their baby. Controversial. Yeah. No, I fully support you. But I'm on. I'm, yeah. But everyone then, who. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say everyone who like has these strong opinions, myself included. I mean, I just called relish an abomination, and yeah. I realized as I was saying it, I'm like, this is all just Bourdain cosplay. We're all just like pretending to, uh, you know, we're, we're we're swinging our dicks around, um, mm. talking, making you know, huge uh, pronouncements about food. That uh, it's just we're just trying to be Tony. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and you know, like I love a strong opinion, um, but I I also really love you know just letting people live and um Mm -hmm. you know i is it i don't i want to say that i learned this from francis lamb but like i don't want to yuck anybody's yum um yes you know and it's it's just kind of there are other hills to die on (laughs) um yeah (laughs) and and you know i i also really love when people tell me they're like weird thing you know weird flavor combinations that they've come up with and i'll be initially grossed out because it just you know is probably gross um but i'll also let them have it because you know if they enjoy it then i don't give a shit if they're not at like actively hannibal lecturing people then i think i'm okay (laughs) can can you recall you don't have to name any names but can you recall any weird flavor combinations that kind of that took you a minute to to be okay with Ooh, this one, and this is uh, just a callback to um, talking about Nick. Um, he, we did this thing um, where we partnered with uh, a group called Harkin, which uh, does a lot for local journalism in terms of um, opening up the discussion between journalists and readers. Um, so shout out to Harkin. I think they're great. Um, but uh, we kind of put out this reader survey that was just like, hey, like, are there any things that we are missing that we don't know about? Um, which I think newsroom should be doing uh, just 
putting that out there uh, instead of journalists thinking that they have all the answers and are going to go find them. They should listen to readers. Um, And so a reader wrote in and was like, hey, have you heard of Southside pickles that are stuffed with uh, with, uh, peppermint sticks? And we were like, what the hell is this? Whoa. And it it ends up being like this um, kind of after school treat for a lot of Southside kids who will buy like the the prepackaged pickles that are like single pack, um, and then yeah. like a a peppermint stick, like a you know a candy cane, but like just the stick, and then they'll bite off the top, and then they'll stick the peppermint into the middle of the pickle, and then let it kind of soak for a little bit, and then they'll eat the eat them together. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's it's such like a south. It, it, to me, it sounds like pregnancy food. Like I'm like, what a specific craving, <laughs> you know? Like what a wild yeah. craving. Um, and so we tried them, and like, you know, I can kind of get behind it. It's not something that I want all the time, and obviously, like I didn't grow up eating that kind of a snack. But like, you get that pickly sourness, and then that sweet kind of cooling peppermint, and it's just like. It's a wild food, but I'll fuck with it. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd try it. <laughs> I would definitely yeah. try that. I would definitely try that. It's a fun one. And then there's, you know, to- like, there are all these, you know, people know about Chicago's hot dogs and things like that, but they don't know things like like the mother-in-law, which is um, a Mississippi-style tamale in a hot dog bun and then done up like a Chicago-style hot dog. Oh, wow. And that's also a Southside thing, and it's just so good, and uh, honestly, so much better because of, like, the the heat from the tamale, like, the the spices, and it's, it's, it makes more sense than a hot dog. Wow. Any, any idea why it's called the mother-in-law? And there's usually some, some nastiness behind a name like that. I actually don't remember the lore, and, you know, like, not you know god forbid uh it's been it's been a while since we reported on that but it was kind of started in the same way that the original chicago style hot dog did it was kind of like the working man's lunch and there was just this mm. this spot in in bridge i remember it being originated in bridgeport near um the former comiskey field uh mm. where the white Sox play and it was just kind of like this working man's lunch and um i don't re- i don't exactly remember the, the origin of the name so um i'll refrain Mm. from giving up some fake story (laughs) sure but but it is i i sorry i was gonna say i remember i talked to this uh butcher grocery store owner who was also an uber driver in uh savannah georgia a few months ago and he was he was telling me about the different steaks that they sell and he's like you ever heard of a mother-in-law steak and i was like no but i bet you're gonna tell me and it's probably gonna be borderline you know, misogynist. So let's go. Yeah. Uh, and he was basically like, yeah, it's like the piece of shit from the end. That's like thinner than the rest of them that you like feed to your mother-in-law because you know, she came over for dinner, but you don't want to give her anything. Oh no, that's terrible. Yeah. Great story. (laughs) (laughs) That's really awful. I don't know why I'm laughing. No, it's fine. Uh, yeah. No, I don't, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the origin. I don't. I would remember if the origins were that like poisonous. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. 
Uh, so we we do play a game on Carbface, Joseph, which you may or may not know about, but it's called Lots of Likes, and all you have to do are you just say a bunch of things that you like, and you'll you'll say one, and I'll say that's great. What else do you like? And uh, it's both a game of frustration, but it's also kind of a celebration of just things that you like. You can't love them, so you can't say you can't list things that you love. Only things that you like, and. Uh, Typically, you can either uh, you can win the game by being amazing uh, and saying something so brilliant like mayo sandwich, and then we uh, look at you in awe or or hear you in <laughs> awe, and then you automatically win. Uh, and or you can uh, run out the clock, which I think you're going to do, uh, or you can tell me to fuck off, which no one has done, but that is an automatic way to win, uh, and you can do that at any time. Okay. Okay. So, Joseph, what do you like? Um, tater tots. Um, yeah. Nice. Journaling. Yeah, what else do you like? Journaling. Okay. Journaling. Now, do you have a do, do you have a specific book that that you journal in? Uh, no. I there's a size of journal that I like, and I just am looking for the best. I haven't found a perfect journal yet, um, but it's kind of this like three inch by five inch size. Um, almost kind of the standard moleskin, but I don't really like moleskins, um, and they don't need my money. So I've just yeah, kind fair, of been buying fair. buying books that are of this size and hoping that I love journaling in it. Um, and uh, I don't really love writing right now, so uh, it's okay to kind of like journaling once in a while. I'm I'm trying to be kind to myself. Mm. Good plan. What else do you like? Um, let's see. Uh, I like ketchup. I like mayo. I like condiments. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. real revolutionary right there. Um, I, <laughs> I like my dishwasher these days. Yes. Um, mm. I like sour milk, uh, but not for eating. Um, what? Wow. Throw your sour milk. If your milk goes sour, throw it in a bathtub. And it'll smell disgusting, but your skin will feel so good. What um, are you talking ooh. about? What are you saying right Sa- now? Sour milk baths. Um, the acid from the milk um, is a really good exfoliant. Wow. Wow. When you, I'll say this. When you throw in the milk into the bathtub and as you're filling it up, it smells disgusting. And I just make like ganging vomiting noises for about 10 minutes. Um, But if I, when I come back after I've like filled up the tub and like filled it with soap and like that smell kind of dissipates. So I don't love it. I like it. Yeah. Fair. Wow. Wow, You, can I just say, I think he won. Yeah. Yeah. I think he won with sour milk in the bathtub. Shut it down. Just where do you go from there? I listen yeah, it's no. it's it's a weird it's a weird thing that just like feels right for the quarantine to not waste anything. Yeah. No, you're right. Totally. It's the it's the most anti-goop thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Being externally anti-vegan. 
Yeah. <laughs> and also just like taking something that, you know, other people might find as garbage and it's, you know, it's essentially free because you've, you've maybe gotten all your food value out of it and putting it in your bathtub. And so, you know, somebody out there is probably paying like $70 an ounce for some, you know, potion lotion that's got the same enzymes as spoiled milk, but has been, you know, packaged and marketed within an inch of its life. So good for you, man. Spoiled oh yeah, milk. absolutely. No, I mean like we, we just always have Epsom salt because I, we're getting old, so it's just nice to have it. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. we're lucky that we have a bathtub. Um, so Epsom salt and, and just spoiled milk if it happens to spoil, cause I don't <sighs> drink, I don't, I don't drink milk. Um, I don't like it. Right. Um, just, and, it, and it's not a dietary thing. I just don't like it. Uh, but uh, my husband loves it, and we buy too much of it before he can use it. So uh, we've just started taking sour milk baths. Incredible. Amazing. Incredible. Joseph, where can you be found if people, if you want to be found? Um, where, where should people find you? I am on the internet at joeybear85. joeybear85. Uh, is that both uh, Twitter and Instagram? That's both Twitter and Instagram. And it's funny because uh, one of my old fashion bosses called me Joey Bear. And that's just been the name that I've had since forever. Um, and yeah, it sticks. It's a good one. It's really good. I hope you have a good week or two. Lori. Anything, anything that, anything, uh, do, do we need to say on and get to anything that you, that we missed? I don't think okay. so. I think we have a, well, I guess I can say, I think we have a new episode coming out, but we if do. somebody's hearing this, then clearly that is a self-explanatory, uh, and actually kind of too late statement, but, uh, this is a new episode <laughs> that you're listening yeah, to. This is a new one, but if you missed the last one, that was yeah. new as well. So you should go back and listen to yes. that one. Um, and follow us, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CarbFacePod. Uh, send us email. Just tell us, I don't know, whatever you want to tell us at uh, CarbFacePod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're there. Uh, rate us five stars on all the places. Absolutely. Subscribe. Tell your friends. You know, all the things. Pay, us att- pay attention to us. Make well, us feel please validated. Do please do that. And in the meantime, be kind. Do good. And eat ass. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. <laughs> okay. Be kind, do good, wear a mask. We'll 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 update the we'll update yeah. the phrase for the quarantine. Fuck Trump. Okay. And fuck Trump. All right. Talk to you next time, everybody. Thanks, yep. Joseph. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye.